0: Yes, it is time to talk uh, to one of those characters. Indeed, on Monday's experts. Hope everyone out there is uh, safe and well. And look, uh, they these particular segments are gaining a lot of uh, traction at the moment considering what's happening in the world uh, it's a bit of doom and gloom when you turn on the television at the moment and turn on the news and hopefully for the next half an hour or so you can put a smile on your dial listening to a gentleman's story who we've heard plenty of here on Sky Sports Radio not his story but we've heard him plenty of times talking about his horses and he's always a character and I reckon uh, we're gonna have a little laugh together in the next half an hour my guest today is Joe Cleary Good day, Joe
1: good morning Drew how are you mate
0: I'm very well Joseph mate you've got a a wonderful racing story let's start though right from the start before we sort of get into the lunatic lodge stories uh where you are right now mate growing up in a family with racing around were you just a moral to continue on in the game or growing up did you think I don't really want to be doing this
1: well, it was a process of elimination, to be honest, Drew, because I'm one of four boys. so the three other brothers. And um, and basically, they've all done really, really well in business. And mine uh, back way, way, way. Um, I was going to the race meetings. I was three weeks old, Mother Duck tells me. So I was only three weeks of age, and I went to my first race meeting. And um, But unfortunately for Joseph, I got the the arse from high school about midway through year 10. Um, yep. I was at a school social, and... Um, group of boys, we got accused of smoking pot and one thing I've never done is, is uh, smoke marijuana or cigarettes and uh, I got uh, basically got expelled from school, I went home from the school social and got mum and dad out of bed and I said this would have been accused of and Franco, Franco come to the principal's office the next morning with me we went in front of him and, and he basically said to the principal if you accuse me he's smoking to call, smoke marijuana well he'd still be in his system well they, they wouldn't pursue that and uh the school principal forgot my name, Drew, and he kept calling me Pal. He kept saying, Pal, I think you've done this. Pal, I think you've done that. And anyone that knows Franco, he hasn't got the best of tempers. He just sort of spat the dummy. He said, I'll have you know, his name's Joseph, not Pal, and Pal is what dogs eat. <laughs> and that was basically the end of my schooling. So I walked in and I said to Dad, said, well, what am I doing? He said, you know, I was playing footy and a good mates, And i you know, like, I was not much good at school, I must admit. And he said, You're coming to work. And that was it. So, um, I worked under under Franco from that day forward, basically until age of about twenty when um I decided to to go to Melbourne and, and I worked for Brian Mayfield Smith as uh, Brent Stanley was my he's my cousin and he was flying down there at the time and it was um Brent had just not long won the Caulfield Cup on Arctic sent. and he said Brian Mayfield Smith had just moved back from Africa. Um, he said, Do you want to come down and give it a go? And I said, yeah, why
0: not? So I had eight months down there, mate. Mate, what was it like working for Frank? I had the pleasure of sitting with him uh and your beautiful mother recently at the races. And I, it was like I was sitting there with my grandfather when I was sitting with Frank. I loved it. Uh, hard man, but I, I reckon he wouldn't have copped any crap.
1: No, Dad's one of these guys, you know, I'm a bit the same. Like He has a five-minute blow-up and everything's sweet, you know, like... um. He uh, he was hard but fair. Like he was my football coach right from the from midgets right through to probably about under twelves, um, and obviously been a leading trainer the majority of his life. Um, and obviously, you know, his, his success speaks for itself. Uh, what what Franco has done in this area, I don't think any trainer will ever do. But. Um, I suppose, you know, you live by the sword, die by the sword and, and, and Dad sort of done that in business as well as in life and he was so successful at rugby league before he became a horse trainer and um, I suppose a lot of people say I live in his shadow and I just thought not oh, It's a very proud shadow to live in, Dave.
0: Yeah. Mate, what about, uh, so you you go to Brian Mayfield-Smith. You ended up on the Gold Coast for a period though, didn't you?
1: Yeah, so basically what happened, um, Dad, Dad's team was building up and he said he wanted to send a team of horses to the Gold Coast. So I'd done my time down in Melbourne. I wasn't getting no money in Melbourne. I was getting wages, but I just wanted to learn from Brian Mayfield Smith. I can always bounce off what Wayne Harris used to say about him, how, how meticulous and how professional he was. And he was obviously the trainer that knocked Tommy Smith off his perch. And and when he came home from Africa, he went to Flemington. He didn't have a big team of horses. And I thought it was a, it was a grouse opportunity and I, and I grabbed it with both hands and, um, I really learned a lot from Brian. Um, he, sort of, he tried to take the character out of me a little bit, but that didn't work. Um, what what, he, what he type was, of
0: things did you learn from him? What, what from, from a horse, horseman skill, what did you learn from him, Brian yeah. Mayfield?
1: Okay, so if Brian says he wants you there at 10 to 5, you get there at quarter to 5. Um, if you get there at 10 to 5, he's happy that you're there at 10 to 5, but he wants you there at quarter to 5. He, he's um, meticulous in the fact his gear was, his gear was spotless, his presentation with himself was spotless. That's why I always encourage my staff to dress well going to the races, as well as myself. You know, always be clean shaven, um, do your hair, tidy yourself up, look presentable. And uh, he just had and he had this no nonsense character about him. Like I can recall, we won the Group One CF4 Stakes with horse called Special Dane. And on the Sunday morning, I didn't think he'd come to work. Honestly, I feel like sleeping. You know, he's won the Group One winner. Well, he beat us there, Drew. He beat us all there, and uh, he had a bone for us. He had a little envelope for all the staff, and he looked after us. But I just, I, I just really appreciated my time. He knew I had to sort of move on because I, I, I wasn't clearing a lot of money each week, and I was, I was renting down there by myself. And then, um, and Brent was going to spread his wings. And then when Franco rang, and he said, "Look, um, I want to send a few to the Gold Coast. Do you want to go?" Well, you know, that's like leaving hundred dollars on the table, and no one's about. You're going to take it, aren't you? So I just. Um, <laughs> Got in the car, I gave Brian a week's notice. I said, mate, I'm, I'm spreading the wings." And he took me for lunch the day before I left, and he gave me some good, sound advice about life, which I've never forgotten. And um, I come home via Queanbeyan, I must admit. I come home via Bean and uh, Trent Bussetham was riding work for Dad at the time. He'd come, he'd come over from New Zealand because Dad and Addy Bussetham were mates. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, why don't you come to the Gold Coast with me and ride these horses awesome track work? So... We took three or four horses up there. We won a listed race. we' was called Territorial, won the T.J. Smith Slipper with um, Glenn Boss in the saddle, and he went on to race in the Magic Moons. But, mate, we basically traded every night as a Saturday night. We were young, and we the were on the Gold Coast. And um,
0: I was going to um, say.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a bit... We we, um, we was nothing for us to go for lunch on a Friday and get home Sunday sort of thing, Drew, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, the Gold Coast, would it would suit you and, and Trent for a while, but how did it go eventually? Did, was there a part of you that thought, right, you've got to come back and, and sort yourself out back at home?
1: Well, yes and no. Dad won the slipper that particular year in 99 with Catbird. And then um, around about the August or the August or the September, Mum rang me and said, we're thinking about moving to Rose Hill. Uh, we're closing down the horses that are up in the Gold Coast. And, and like I'll have you know, the horses I had weren't much chop and we were just running amok, Trent and I. And, and Trent was in the process of going back to Singapore to where Paddy had gone to, and um, and that's where obviously he met Natalie. Uh, and I said, okay, well, it's time to pack up and come home. And then Mum and Dad moved to Roseville, and then I took over the Queensland stables. And as they say in the classics, the rest is history, brother.
0: Yeah, the rest is history. What was it like coming back home, mate? Was it where you wanted to end up? Like, was it where you, you sort of saw it all happening, or did you did you want to go to a metro opportunity, um, whether it no, be in no, Queensland or no. Sydney or?
1: No, I've never trained in a metropolitan area. I just, it's just not my go. Um, I, I love the I love Queensland. Don't get me wrong. I love the Gold Coast. I love the Sunshine Coast. And um, Charlene and I were thinking about making the move a couple of years ago, but just the logistics of it and the financial side of it. And then, and when Peter brought in the, the injection of prize money in New South Wales and the highway races, et cetera, we had to stay home. But as for ever being in a metropolitan area, one being to one in Drifton, I've never had the opportunity. Yes. I must admit, but I'd never grasp it if someone offered it to me. Um, I love being in the bush, Um, you know, I'm a pretty simple, pretty simple life I live, I go to work, a few beers, go home, love me footy, love me golf, Um, and yeah, so when it did come home, it was time to come home, you can only party for so long, mate, and uh, I moved home and then slowly built up a nice team of horses, and uh, yeah, those those the last seven, eight, nine, ten years, I think probably since Charlene's come along, mate, she's pulled me into line a bit, and um, things have been good.
0: They always say that, mate, behind every good bloke, there's an even better woman.
1: Yeah, she rides me like, me like a stolen pushbike sometimes, I must admit, true. but <laughs> sometimes your hardest, <laughs> your harshest critics are also your greatest ally. So, um, no, we've, uh, we've, built a little, we've built up a little team. We've got great staff. We've got the two stables going, and Charles, he does all the books, and, and basically, I see the ship at the stay at Lunatic Lodge, mate, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mate, with with building up that stable, obviously back then, you know, prize money wasn't flying like it is now. So to go back to Coimbeyan after being on the coast and pretty much start from scratch, how hard was it to try and encourage people back then to sort of get into country racing, whereas now you can sort of find these horses, whether they be ex-Victorians or ex-city horses or, you know, a family bred or whatever it might be, and you can actually say to your clients, well, we're going to win this and this, or we're going to target this and make a quid that way.
1: Yeah, I was pretty fortunate in the factory that Dad left me half a dozen to start with, and the first sales I attended at the Magic Millions, I purchased Tadda Tatiana. So I went to the Magic Moons and I thought, I'll just buy a couple of cheapies. She walked past me, it was pouring rain. I picked her up for three and a half thousand. And the fortune thing for me, she won 15 and nearly 400 grand and took me up and down the eastern seaboard. So she sort of got me up and going. But as I said, Franco left me half a dozen to get me rolling. Um, And then, you know, as years go by, Uncle Jerry come along. So I've been very fortunate. But the thing with me, Drew, I've had the same clients. Um, I've had basically the same clients. When I started training, I've still got them now. So it's a bit of a no-nonsense attitude and and, uh, character that I've become probably on the back of learning things from Brian. And obviously, a you know, Dad being a straight shooter, it's helped me in business uh, to be fair income with people. And you'll get repetitive business out of it. And that's where I've been so fortunate. Like a guy like Matty Griffin, Heinz Chikarov, um, you know, they're not only good mates, they're they're good clients. And I've had them basically since I started training. So I've I've been pretty fortunate that way, mate. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard for me because obviously dad had established a fantastic name in our area and, and the ball rolls on. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so I was pretty fortunate in that sense, mate. Yeah.
0: There's some characters around Queen BM mate. I know you're involved with the big Calcutta down there as well. You and Miracle, but um, to train in, in Queen Bee and to bring your family up in Queen BM, what's what's the area mean to you?
1: Well, it just goes with the postcode, mate. You know, we're such a close knit security, uh, close knit community. Um, you know, everyone's got each other's backs, and a, a lot of people don't know. I, I am an auctioneer as, as well. I'm also I do a lot of charity auctions um uh terry campesi foundation the mickey stewart foundation the cancer council the women in racing i've done the hogs for the homeless for brad fitler um and obviously the calcutta the malcolm and i run at the top pub in with maddie griffin we've got the biggest pool in australia i think last year the pool was 158,000 for the melbourne cup and i basically do the auction and malcolm does the form and, and maddie steers a, a, an unreal ship there um you know our pool is so big but um it, We've got each other's backs and like you, with the name on the back of Franco and I'm happy to help out, mate. I don't put my hand out when I do these auctions. I'm, I do a lot of charity work. A lot of people don't know I do that, but um something I'm very proud of. And, uh, yeah, but, I mean, that Calcutta, it's, it's huge, mate. It's massive.
0: What about your brother? I love on social media, you, you and your brother are in filming each other. These, since these mobile phones have come along, you can pull out the, the phone at the family dinner or the family catch-up and you're into him. You're into Benny.
1: You know, Benny and I, we, we're only 18, 18 months apart. Actually, let go back to the Bow and Arrow War. Brother Benny and I were altar boys, believe it or not, Drew. And um, so we were altar boys at St. Raphael's and and, um, and also Sacred Heart. Father Kevin Flynn was the parish priest. And Brother Benny's little gimmick started all the way back then. He used to take the plate around. And Mum used to give us 60 cents, 20 cents. Three times the plate went around. So I'd put me 20 cents in every time I put the plate around, for 20 cents in. I'd come out with nothing. Bennett came come out with $3. He'd put the 20 cents in and take a dollar out. So he'd go, he'd go and have uh, $3 left, of and mixed wallys not have nothing. And I've ended up 104 kilos in his skin and bone. But um, it was quite bizarre. They were great days. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd be the altar boy, and then we'd go and play footy. And then we obviously moved on to be ball boys for the Raiders. And, and Brother Benny and, and Matty Griffin were the ball boys for the Raiders right through until the 89 grand final where the boys were the, were the ball boys there. And then Mark Webber, believe it or not, took over as the ball boy uh, the racing car driver. He took over as the ball yeah. boy from Brother Benny, and Maddie Griffin took over from David Ferner. So, you know, the, there was plenty of blue bloods on the sideline running the sand, and the, and also the uh, the sand and the ball boys and um, running the sand out to the to the footballers, mate.
0: Mate, you can't probably t- talk about it on radio, but gee, you've had some good times with L Daly, haven't you?
1: Uh, great family friend. Um, actually, his mother just lives around the corner from me. She's in Beaumara Street. And we're up in Llewellyn Loop. Um, his father was a legend, mate. Uh, Lance, Lance was an absolute legend. Um, and he was great friends with Dad and JR. Um, just some of the stories I could tell about the Raiders boys, but they're for another day, the private bin days. And, <laughs> and, and, and Mullows and bloody Brett Hedlington staying at Walsh's Hotel until about 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. and. Oh, mate, they were just, they are all good guys, you know, there was, no, there was no dickheads amongst them, Drew, they were good blokes, and, and obviously we won a few, the, the halcyon days then, like, you go back to the early 90s when Dad had Clown O'Sullivan and the Raiders were flying, the Kookaburras, which are now the Brumbies, they were flying, so they were fantastic days here, and... Um, and obviously, like, Franco was going great with the horse. He had, like, 30 in work in, and, and have a horse like Clano Sullivan coming through. So you're getting around town like a bit of a rock star, to be honest, mate. That was basically my first year out of school. So it was a bit of an eye over but just, it was good fun.
0: Oh, I could only imagine. Love to be a fly on the wall, mate. What about um, – you love a pun, uh, as we all do, and I think that's why – punters resonate with you when they see you on air talking on Sky Thoroughbred Central or when you come on the radio, you know, you you are very you know, you're a straight shooter when it comes to sort of saying, well, you think this can win or this can't win. What about have you got any good punning stories for us?
1: Yeah, well I just think um, I, I just take the, the leaf out of Mick Price's book when it comes to being fair income. At the end of the day, if you're gonna have a bet, you're gonna have a bet group. So no good fabricating the evidence. And nine times out of ten, before I'm interviewed, well, I've had my bets. I'm on. Um, so what do we do? If someone wants to back me horse, good luck to them. If someone doesn't want to back me horse, what do we do? But probably the best one I can tell is before Charlene and I got married, we went to Noosa for a holiday, and um, Charlene fell in love with the place. She said, oh, geez, I'd love to get married here. I mean, we've got four bob between us. You know, how are we going to get married in Noosa? <laughs> so I bought a horse off Tony Noon and me and the Chinaman that had the Chinese restaurant, the Diamond Chinese restaurant in Queanbeyan. I went up and seen him I said, well, throwing five grand each, we'll buy a tri horse out of Victoria. So I bought a horse off Tony Noon and called Wright. He was way more than ready. And he had duck egg, duck egg, duck egg, and put him in the paddock, another duck egg. Anyway, uh, I spotted a Class 1 1600 at Maura. And I said to Chelsea, I'll scrape together a couple of grandy and I'll have a punt and this will pay for our wedding. She said, yeah, yeah, whatever, good luck to that. Do your best with that. <laughs> anyway, Sammy Clipperton was climbing three kilos at the time, Drew, and the horse carried 51 kilos. 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, one beer nose, and we got our noosa wedding.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic. And what about the Chinaman? Did he get did he upgrade to the Chinese restaurant?
1: He did. He got the lot. He got the first four. He got the lot. He started paying his train <laughs> and freezing cash, which was fantastic. So now, I'll tell you something <laughs> funny about our wedding. We paid everyone bar the bloody singer. So at the end of the night, we're sitting around having a glass of red wine, and the singer's hanging around. He had to go back to Caloundra. And I thought, what's this black one? I said, What do you want, Greg? He, he said, I need, he said, Joey, I need me six hundred. Well, I didn't have a bean on me. And my mother in law had taken the wish and well cards back to the room with the kids. So I said to Sharla I said, get on the phone to your mother until I'll open up them cards and bring six hundred back to pay the beta singer. <laughs> so, by the end of the night, by the end of the night everyone was swearing we had a fantastic time and uh, we've been married ten years next year, so yeah, things are good.
0: And how about the little ones, mate? Because we see them all the time on the TV. You get them on and they've got all the the uniforms of Lunatic Lodge, etc.
1: Yeah, well, they're not all mine. My younger brother, Dane,'s got seven. Um, The older brother, Matthew,'s got four. Benny's got three. And I've got two girls. And uh, my girls, uh, Charlene, had a a beautiful girl, Jessie, and then I've got Maya. So when you see them kids get around me like... um, or Honeypot, I guess you can say they don't actually belong to me. They're all my nieces and nephews, <laughs> but they love getting their head on telly. And um, Uncle Joe rules. And uh, you know they're, they're great. We've got a really close family, and um, we're That's very good, fortunate. Um, and there's a, there's a there's a cast of thousands in the Cleary clan, as you know. And uh, now we, we're a very close knit family. But all them kids, they love getting their head on the telly. I guarantee you.
0: Oh, there's nothing better, mate. What about for the future? The in, in terms of you know, like you you see that sort of next generation coming through. Do you reckon they'll can you see the little, uh, the glint in any of their eyes about the racing game?
1: Um, one of them, Drew. Uh, Benny, brother Benny's a of follower Bradley. He's got a real passion for the game. He loves helping out Franco. Um, always pops up to my stables. Great kid. Um, they're all really good kids, I must admit. He's the one. Um, and, you know, he's got to, got to do his schooling and all that sort of stuff. But he's just sort of a real passion for the game. He's got a good eye for a horse. Um, he loves his fishing. He's a real laid back kid. He loves fishing. He loves hanging out with Pop. Um, so he's probably the one. He's, he's Benny's boy. And as for the rest of them, one million to one and drifting.
0: <laughs> one million to one and drifting. Tell us about the, the, the satellite stable at Maruya because, mate, you've been really, you know, and a lot of trainers do this, uh, especially nowadays where they have, you know, um, o- options. But you found it really good for some of your horses that you can send them down to the beach there at Maruya.
1: Uh, it's three years this year, believe it or not, Drew. It's three years around Melbourne Cup time. Um, yeah, thank you. I put, yes, the uh, time's flowing and, and Sean runs a really good ship there and I don't try to have any more than five or six horses down there at any one time. Um, and it is, it's, 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 such a, it's, it's such a good tool to have. Like, they're a, they're a stone's throw from the river and the beach and it just uh, stimulates the brain for the, the horse. And um, and at the moment, it's, it's worked out really, really good. Like A horse like Princess De Rocker, um, she's one of the last two. She's one of Uncle Jerry's and... She's a prime example. She hasn't got the best legs in the world. And I said to Lukey, I said, let's send it down to Sean. And she's just got a new lease of life. She does a lot of beach work, a lot of river work, not a lot of gallops. And it really seems to help her. And, um, you know, them old horses, up uh, you know, Trumpsters, you, you know, horses like that, they just go down there and they just absolutely thrive with a little bit of different environment away from Queanbeyan.
0: Yeah, you've been a part of the Kosciuszko, mate. Obviously, this year we're trying to get up Trump's in, but he just hasn't, he, he sort of hasn't come up. Um, and when I say hasn't come up, maybe do you think just, just, just catching up with him?
1: Uh, not so much that, mate. I, I just feel he's not carrying weight too well these days. He's in the paddock, so he's out of contention. But he'll come back. I'll get him ready yep. for a race like the Thunderbolt made Mad Fresh. So he's having a spell. But um, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic um, race, mate. It's it's been something that I, I'd love to really, really win it one day. But it won't be this year. But uh, what the way Peter's structured it, with the ticket sales and everyone gets involved in it, and um, it's a really good hype and good vibe about the race. Um, I think i would probably pinpoint two or three horses this year that I, I I'd really like if I was to draw a ticket. on don't, worry I've got a couple of grands right of well, so um
0: Well let's I'm, say let's let's put you on the spot, Lotto. Let let's say you get you get your spot, you get a slot, who are you picking this year? Victoria.
1: Victorum. Victorum I think yeah, Vic- Victorum, Victorum. Fair, fair play will win the race. I think Victorum's running the straight break was outstanding. I thought for C gave him the sore back. He's uh, run before that was outstanding. Mm. He's a class act. I'm not taking anything away from Cabsville or Handle the Truth or Out Cadeau or, you know, the ones that are definitely going to be there. Um, and I've got a fair bit of time for Brett Dodson's horse coming through, mate. Um, he's a really, really nice horse at Parksville, I think his name is. Um, yeah, that's it, of, Vancouver. Yeah, he's a sort of horse. I think he could take the next step, and I think Brett was going to run him in the highway this weekend. Now, if he comes out and wins Saturday, now there's one horse... It could be in that next bracket of horses. It could really, really um, rock the socks out of a few of them horses up the top. But you know, on a fair deck, just a little bit of juice in the track, mate. Victorum, if he turns up, you'll lead him.
0: What's your best? What's your favourite track in New South Wales to to have a horse going around it?
1: Um, I really like Maruya, mate. I, I love Maruya. Maruya's a good setup. I really like Gundy Guy. I've had a lot of luck at Gundy Guy and Wagga's always been good to me. Obviously I've been able to win the Wagga Cup and I've won a couple of town plates. Um but Maruya's just a good track. you can have two inches of rain, you can race on it. You know, three inches of rain you race on it. But um, you know, we've got such good country tracks now, Drew. Like the, the, the course curators do such a really, really good job and I think it goes back to when Dave Hodson went out and spoke to all the course curators and, and put little plans in place for all the course curators and um you know, little things like verti-draining the track and aerating the track and the way they mow the track and the way when they super the track and fertilise, et cetera, et cetera. I just think our country tracks have improved out of sight. And then on the back of that, you see the way the prizeman is structured now. Um, we've got fantastic prizeman in the bush and everyone gets a drink.
0: Favourite horse of all time?
1: Vogue um, Yeah? Why is that? Horse. Love a horse that can go to the front. Um just he was just so tough and I was a kid growing up. Well, actually my emails via Road seventy six. Um, you know, he was just just <laughs> awesome to watch you get out there 10, 12, 14 lengths in front they wouldn't run him down. But obviously, um I love the ride. I love the ride with single gauge with Nicole. I love the ride with Take Over Target with Joe Jenniak, Matty Dale with Fell and then obviously the ride that Dad had with Catbird, o'Sullivan Sullivan, Friends Venture, you know, them sort of horses. So i I've been gifted to be around so many so many top class horses and me first I've had a lot of handy horses myself, but no superstars. Obviously, Tatiana won a Dane Ripper, but um, and, and she won a couple of listed races. But, um, yeah, mate, I've got to go back to very Rose. Just the way he raced, he had 10, 12 in front, and Cyril Small jumping all over him. And, yeah, that was a great story.
0: What about your favourite rider, mate?
1: Um, I, I love Wayne Harris as a jockey, Beautiful, beautifully balanced jockey. Um, absolutely gentleman to go with it. Probably the best I've seen is Darren Biedman. I think Darren Beeman's by far and away the best jockey I've ever seen. Um, and then you go, like, Malcolm. Malcolm being a great family friend. Um, you know, as a kid growing up, we used to love watching Malcolm ride. Uh, these days, it was, it's pretty hard to go past the Damien Oliver and guys like that. But um, I like, yeah, good polished jockeys like Wayne Harris. Always really, really good to watch. But definitely the best I've seen Darren Beeman.
0: Mate, before we go, because you are a character um, and... People love you for that, and you come on, and you, 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 what you see is what you get. And what I love about when we do these type of chats is if someone runs into you at the races in a couple of months' time when all this rubbish is over, it'll be the same Joe Cleary they heard on the, on the wireless. What about other participants? Like, you're hard to crack up. You, you love a laugh, and usually you're the one cracking the jokes, but who's the one bloke in the game that you've come across that just has him sideways, absolutely sideways?
1: Well, me and Callow probably, we bounce each other pretty... <laughs> and I He's a, He is ago. a lunatic. Yeah, we've we become mates about 20 years ago. And you know when opposites attract, I guess you could possibly say. I um, thought, you know, 10 minutes, 10 minutes of this bloke, I've had enough of him. And... You know, that's still probably how it is. I said, go and have a walk and get away from me, but then we'll sit there and we, we can sit there and chew the fat for hours and we've become great mates away from the track. And he's a great rider too, as we both know. And um, well, I can always remember the day he won the Derby on Benicio. As he was coming off the track, and in his car, I think I was the first bloke. He said, mate, did you see that? He said, I know you had races at Bean today, but I won the Derby. I said, of course I sang you win the bloody Derby. You know what? It's spastic to the a bean. So, um... Him and I, uh, we, we've got a little WhatsApp group and we, we have great times on and off the track, Jock, Jocky Callow and I, and um, yeah, he's he's been a great mate away from the track, he really has, yeah. No,
0: nah, he's, he's he's one of a kind, the king, he's one of a kind. Maybe you should need to take some of those horses up to Cairns, do a bit of a road trip with him.
1: Well, they go to Kens they won't become an homes, it'll be a one way ticket. But uh, he has travelled the world and he like he come and stayed at home with me when he got into strife one other time just recently and he sat in and top of the whole jail story about overseas and he you know, like he he can open up but he when it comes to sitting down and having some good humour and good old fashioned laugh and talking about people in general. And you can talk to Noel in confidence as well. Like he's um you totally in
0: confidence about things and it doesn't go any further. And he's just, he's a good mate and a good jockey. Mate, pleasure talking to you. I hope that people out there listening, as I said, with all the stuff going on in the world at the moment, they've switched off for the last half an hour and they've had a smile and a smirk and they know something new about you, mate. Uh, good luck for this season as it continues on at Lunatic Lodge. And we'll have to, uh, have you got, have you got a winner for us? Before I let you go? Um,
1: I've got a pretty quiet week coming up. Don't worry about that. But I've got a nice filly in the Maria stable of Uncle Jerry's. It's was called Prashino. Uh, she's only had a couple of starts. I've got right, it from man. Chris Waller. And um, I'll probably be targeting the country championships with her next year. Um, she's one filly okay. that I think will really take the next step. And she's only had a couple of starts. But um, as off the top of my head, mate, no, I've got nothing I can throw the punters into over the next week or so.
0: That's all right mate, that's all right. We'll uh we'll put that one in our black book. Joe Cleary, thanks for being on Monday's experts mate.
1: Cheers Drew, have a good day mate. Bye.
0: Cheers mate.